Hey guys, really quick. I genuinely hate, I hate to do this, but uh, something's kind of happened. Uh, long story short, I, my sister, and my best friend, some of you know Ms. Deej, bought a house last year, and the foundation work, turns out, was really shitty. Um, again, long story short, it cost us 30 grand, and we just don't have that. Uh, the reason I'm being kind of quiet and kind of weird is because Deej doesn't know this, so it's kind of fun. Kind of on the DL. This is in no way affiliated with Fumbling Four. This is just me. I'm just lucky enough to have this platform to ask if anyone has even a penny to spare. It would be genuinely greatly appreciated. And also, for anyone curious why Deech doesn't know I'm doing this, he hates asking for help. I just can't stand here. Just watching as my best friend struggles through something like this, I, I I just want to help him any way I can. The link will be in the show notes. It's a GoFundMe called Emergency Foundation Work. Thanks again, guys. Welcome back to the Warhammer Lordcast. I am your host, Naked Mango, and with me is not Almighty Crit. We had to skip our regular recording day. Some things came up, but this time it was my fault. So if you would be so kind, please send all of your hate mail to Crit, because it's funnier that way. Today I have my best friend, Deej. Some of you know him as Lucifer. He had some questions that he wanted to ask, and I figured it might be good to go over a little recap while we wait on next week's episode. Say hello, Lucifer. Howdy. Plus enough. We'll just get right into it. What kind of questions you got, man? So, of course, we had talked a little bit about it outside of a podcast, of course, a little bit ago. And I pretty much had questions on, you know, literally everything coming from a perspective of knowing literal fuck all about 40k <laughs> i had asked pretty much where primark come from which i know that that question was answered it's pretty much like gene coding from the emperor's genetics mm-hmm. and a lot of it now comes down to me for question wise is why is the emperor an asshole I think it's mostly that's that's definitely more of a speculatory question than it is like hard facts. I think it comes down to he roamed the earth for a really long time and saw that, that that's pretty much what people needed. And over time, he just became kind of I don't want to because he never come when you deal with it when the books and things deal with him specifically, he never comes off as superior. I think once it's the trickle down effect. Once you're two or three people removed from this, you know, godlike being, he seems very superior. And he definitely has his own very specific goals in mind. So he came kind of, he, he became known as kind of almost a dictator. Gotcha. So then I know that we, we had also talked about how, I guess, currently he's technically just like a figurehead of the human race, not so much like actually truly in power anymore. And it's more of like a like a religious kind of 
a governmental body now. Mm. So does he does he literally have no power now? No. So he is the emperor cannot die. So but his body was took so much damage that he basically couldn't live either. So currently he's on what is known as the Golden Throne, which is this ancient piece of technology that's meant to like enhance psycho ability. There's a whole bunch of stuff. He's on this Golden Throne and his mind is trapped inside of this incredibly decayed body. So it's not that he doesn't have any power. He's just significantly weaker than he used to be in all aspects except for his psycho abilities. Gotcha. That was actually my next question. So that, so that means that the Emperor is in fact psycho. Yes, he is the the. I, I want to say, arguably, in my opinion, he's the most powerful. But I'm sure arguments could be made against it with things. For instance, the orcs. If enough orcs came up against him, could he beat them? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But to date, and to my knowledge, he is indisputably the most powerful psyker in the universe. Okay. So then that that kind of leads me into another question: is psychers. I know that that's kind of a 40k's response to being able to use magic, but isn't aren't Psyker's powers like directly related to the chaos or something like that? Not chaos of the warp. Chaos is only part of the warp. Okay. Um, now, aren't Psyker's like at any point they could just like go crazy or some shit like that? I don't. I can't remember how that works. 100%. Do you remember playing Dragon Age? Same exact concept. Gotcha. So basically, at any point, they could just kind of turn over and become basically a demon. It, they have to kind of fall. It's not. It's much less of a forced thing. They can. They have to be tempted, or they have to reach too far, etc. That's why, for instance, the space wolves, their psychers don't. They're not classified as psychers. They don't call themselves psychers. At least they're called rune priests because they don't use the warp for power they use runes to channel the warp through them and so the warp never actually touches them but there are people who like for instance if a uh, they're called navigators they're, they're the people who are able to fly the ship safely through the warp if they reach a little bit too far or if they don't take very specific steps demons will like notice them and you know creepy crawl their way into their brain but it very rarely is it a forced thing nine times out of ten at least from what I remember it is a it's a temptation thing or it's a I want I want more power type thing gotcha so has the has the emperor ever had issues with that no he's terrifying as much of a dickbag as he is he is for instance I believe he has in canon met at least two of the chaos gods which is supposed to be impossible he's also fought Gorgon Mork who are the gods of the orcs, who the orcs themselves have never seen. Interesting. He is insanely fucking powerful. <laughs> so then, with him being so incredibly powerful, and I know that now he is just kind of a, a skeleton, um, does that really mean that he's like completely sapped of power? Therein lies where everybody's fan theories come in for the current 40k setting there are a hundred different fan theories nobody really knows what's about to happen most people think what's going to happen is either 
the Primarchs that are currently stuck in the war, because all the Primarchs are kind of coming back current lore. They think that either the Primarchs that are stuck in the warp, at least one of them is going to come back and be able to heal him, or they're going to come back and decide to let the Emperor finally die, and either they will move on, or the Emperor will finally be able to be reborn. Gotcha. So then that, that kind of leads me down a, a, another path just in regards to the Emperor, um, because I know throughout his, his life, and he's just been, you know, the leader of the humans and now he is revered as a god pretty much which i know that you had mentioned previously uh, that that's not originally what he wanted but that's just kind of how it played out mm-hmm. um and now that it's like this religious organization and he's not truly in power but the i guess the religion that treats him as if he is a god are the ones that are truly in power it up until very recently, yes. The books, the Donifier series that came out about Gulliman's return, Gulliman being the first loyalist Primarch that came back, he's also the, the quote-unquote leader. He's the one that was supposed to take over politics. He came back, saw what was happening, and literally told... He's, he went and talked to the Emperor, because the Emperor kind of can talk back, kind of not. It's very complicated. He went and told the Emperor that it would have been better if he would have, if all of them would have lost the heresy because of what was going on. But he also, because he's so good with politics, he recognized that he couldn't just, after 10,000 years, be like, you're all wrong, the religion's wrong. Because that's a good way to get the entirety of humanity destroyed with riots and things like that. So what he has started to do is, he never acknowledges it when people refer to him as a demigod, but he doesn't tell them they're wrong. He just kind of, he lives his life like he normally would. And if anybody asks him and he doesn't think they're going to freak out he'll explain he's taking the slow road essentially okay now i i know we talked about this before also um, but you never truly had a real answer for it just because i don't know if it even exists but if there is any specific human faction uh that is like directly fighting against the emperor and against him like being this demigod or against the religious organization that uh, supports him as a god is there any of those that are human factions that aren't directly controlled by chaos or anything there have definitely been rebellions but they get squashed pretty hard pretty fast so without doing without looking really deep into it other than of course the chaos ones and everything but that are not specifically chaos and uh, I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, and I've told you before that there is a, fa- a secret, not so secret anymore, faction of Inquisitors that I truly don't know if they believe he's a god or if they believe he used to be a god or whatever. I just know that their goal is to have him. They they want to let him die. They think it's t- they think that the empire, the humanity as a whole, has clung to him for too long that they've become stagnant. And that's why everything is so hard now. They want to let him die. Not out of disloyalty or anything like that. They just think that's what humanity needs to finally take another step forward. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I had another question, but it immediately escaped my mind the second you stopped talking. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then I guess we'll kind of go off on another tangent then. That is going to be more detail or more 
question-oriented on specific details of specific, I don't know, either races or factions. Okay. So I know that gene coding is a thing. Mm-hmm. Now I know that there's also like a faction or something like that called the Gene Stealers. Yes. That's right. So what the hell are those? Gene Stealers. This is actually a really fun topic. You know about the Tyranids? Yeah. They're just a monstrosity that came out of nowhere that wants to kill everything. They are this universe's version of the Horde, the Flood, whatever you want to call it. Gotcha. Uh, Gene Stealers are... So the way the Tyranids work is every time they fight, they learn. If they're beaten, they learn twice as fast, but they never give up. They just keep coming up with better ways to get... If you build a really tall wall, they'll build something that can step over it. If you build the wall even taller, they'll build something that can go under it. If you build a wall that goes underground, they'll create something that can go through it. They are an incredibly adaptive race. So, in the interest of feeding the hive easier, what they did was they created something called a chain stealer. A gene stealer is, at first, usually one Tyranid that is called the Patriarch, I believe, or the Matriarch. It lands on a planet and it just, like, disappears. It, it hides until, for, you know, a couple of years, a couple hundred years, whatever, until it, until it knows it's safe. Nobody remembers that it's there. And then it'll basically, like, kidnap a person, hypnotize them, and send them on their way. That person will then go home and have children. Those children will have Tyranid DNA in them. And then after two or three generations, of course, every generation that's born still kind of looks Tyranid-y. I believe it's the fourth generation that looks completely human, except for like two little like nubs on their forehead, kind of almost like horns that are sprouting. And then, uh, and every person that this happens to, they're all hypnotized. They all are, they are all in effect Tyranids. And this does it until they have a couple hundred thousand, whatever they, they're called gene stealer cults. And it keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. And then they'll receive a signal from the hive mind saying, it's time, we're going to invade soon. So then this cult rises up, starts a war, starts a civil war, whatever. Kill everybody to break down their defenses, all of that funness, and then the hive hits, and it's three times easier to take down this planet because their defenses are in shambles. Well, alrighty then. So basically, Tyranids also have the ability to use human humans against themselves. Yep. Alrighty. Oh, uh, another fun fact about them because they're huge dickbags. Um, I, I believe this is actually proven false, but it's still fun to think about. A very common thing that people talk about is. So basically, gene stealers don't have a physical form of any kind. They're very similar to the Reapers, where everything it just is the Reaper. It doesn't necessarily have any one form from Mass Effect. But what they do is whenever they need, whenever they need to make anything, it's just cesspools of matter, of flesh, whatever you want to call it, and then from these cesspools are created Tyranid soldiers, hive minds. Termagants, all this stuff. You've seen a few of them from Tacticus. They just come out of these like little flesh pools, whatever you want to call them. Gotcha. But of course, whenever they're done being used, they just kind of go back into the flesh pool and get dissolved. This includes those humans from the cult, including the ones who are purely human and were just hypnotized. A very fun thing that people like to talk about is right as like they're stepping into the pool right before they hit. They get rid of the hypnotism, and the human realizes what they've done, and their last second of life is 
realizing what they've done. Well, all right. Like I said, I'm pretty sure that was proven to be false because the hive really isn't what I'm looking for. Evil? Yeah, it's not malicious. It's not evil. They're just hungry. They just are what they are. But it's still something fun to think about. Yeah. I think because that was a uh, that was a wild ride. I I did <laughs> I didn't honestly didn't think gene stealer or, or like the gene stealer cult stuff was gonna have anything to do with the Tyranids. Really didn't. That's the goal. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I thought with the fact that gene coding is a thing, and like that's how like the patriarchs and stuff are created. I figured gene stealer, just the name, kind of thought it would have to do with something along those lines. Uh, no, completely not. Oh, they're called gene stealers because they steal the genes of humans to pretend to be humans probably i just made that up i pulled that directly out of my butthole but you know so then uh then another question is because i know that space marines are obviously different than regular humans mm-hmm. um why so is it, is it going to be like your standard like super soldier serum kind of bullshit that makes them what they are uh, definitely not serum far this is the grim dark universe of the 40th millennium much worse so it was basically just like surgically ripping somebody apart to make them better yep all right so <laughs> I know that so i know that space marines and stuff like that they're they're larger than humans right mm-hmm. like by a couple feet like master chief size yes yes bigger than master chief arguably but yes jesus oh what is that what is that action that jared like it's the world war one german soldiers uh, uh, the false oh, Krieg, 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 Krieg corps, Death Corps, Krieg. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Krieg corps. So I, I, I did do a little bit of reading on them as well, because they're just a faction of humans from a world that I believe went to war, and the entire planet ended up getting destroyed from like nuclear weapons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So all these people just live underground. And mm-hmm. basically, as like compensation for going against the emperor, they just kind of are soldiers for him, and they are literally just have decided that they're fodder, and they just throw themselves at death, pretty much for because they can. Yep, uh, I do plan on doing a complete episode about the Death Corps Creed, just because everybody loves them and they're super fun. But to break it down, basically, they were loyal, and it was just a regular planet, and then a. Uh, like 95% of them decided they didn't give a shit about the Emperor, they didn't care about the Empire, they wanted to do their own thing. There was like a single faction who was like, nope, fuck you, and they held out for like five years. And it was just nuke after nuke after nuke on both sides. And then eventually, the Empire was like, ah, I guess we should probably go help them. Sent them in, took care of it or whatever. And then after they had stopped everything, the planet was completely decimated, and they had to you know, uh, live underground and all of that. But they were like, wow, we really fucked up. If it wasn't for the Empire, we'd definitely be dead right now. Uh, we're sorry. So from now on, to prove that we're loyal to you, you get all of us. From the, I want to say it's like 16 and up. They like they start training for warfare at like 5, and anybody older than 16, like, it gets so excited to go to war. Wow, concept. To be fair, this is again, I'm doing this from memory. Uh, listeners, I'm doing zero research. Don't even have like Google open. I'm pulling this from memory because it's mostly kind of a recap slash help answering questions and things like that. 
I believe most of the soldiers they send are clones. I mean, that would make sense. Because after like a war-torn world where it's nuclear war everywhere and you have to live underground, you can't exactly have an endless pool of humans. Yeah. <laughs> when I when I first read that, I was just like, so are they out of people? Like, is this a faction that only existed for like you all, You also have to remember that in all of sci-fi you've ever read, humanity is by far the most I just ended there the most. They are a horde race. We're talking planets uh, on average have multiple trillions of people. So even if they send out a couple hundred thousand, a couple hundred, a couple hundred million, fuck it, a couple billion, Empire comes back two or three years later, there's a shitload more. Wow, that's too many fucking people. Yes, that's why they're a horde race. <laughs> Jesus. So then, so this is this is going to be kind of leading into um, another faction and outside of humans. Technically, I don't know if this is kind of my question. Tau. Are there humans that are part of the Tau faction? Yes. The Tau okay. accepts everybody. Okay, because I wasn't sure if Tau was technically like a Xeno race or if it was it's just kind of a hodgepodge melting pot of bullshit. There are, so there is a race called the Tau. But it's also their group their empire gotcha. so then the Tau themselves are Xeno then. yes okay are they are they like obviously apparent from humans oh god yeah they are if you ever see 40k memes about like blue milky mommies that's the Tau oh, okay so they're the, they're the fucking people from Avatar like movies not the not the TV show yes except way weaker arguably as, as a like as a race they have their way they're very technologically advanced that's where all the strength comes from, but they have like, I think I think I'm making this up, but I could be wrong. I want to say they have like bird bones. I know they suck at melee contact. Like a regular human could walk up and like kick one of the shit on their whole body with their knees. That makes sense. that's pr- that's probably mostly not true, because there are, for instance, Farsight. There are very specific Tau that are pretty okay at melee combat, and that's just because they realize it's a weakness and they want to get rid of that. But as a race, they suck at melee combat. Gotcha. That makes sense. And they, uh, they're pretty much the, um, the Gundam of the 40k universe. Right? Yep. They are, they are the weeb race. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> do they canonically have cat girls? They do not, but the humans do. No way. What? Yep. <laughs> so, wait, hold on. So, if it, so, <laughs> would they be demi humans? Yes. They are literally called subhuman. There are, okay. So, you, we played, Oh fuck! What's the 40k game that we played? That's that's apparently phenomenal on Xbox, but fucking sucks from Steam. Uh, are you talking about uh, Dark Tide? Dark Tide. Remember the guy that I like to play? Yeah, the Ogrim. The Ogrim. The, they are considered subhuman. They're, they they evolved to be strong as fuck, but they didn't need their brains. Gotcha. So they're pretty much kind of just evolved to be manual laborers. Or yes. Yes. And there are, there is another one called the Ratling that are they're like at most four feet tall but they're very not in not intelligent as in book smart but just like kind of quick thinkers and they learn really fast they're very commonly used as snipers because they like take a sniper rifle crawl through like ventilation shafts or like climb up the side of a cliff with no problem 
and shit like that. But these are called subhumans. They are most regular humans think they are beneath them because of the whole mutation. It's a very purist society. So then does that mean that there are uh, space marines that are either ratlings or ograms or are they all just normal humans that were turned into space marines? They are all normal humans. I believe it's along the same. I, I have never dug into this personally, but I believe it's along the same reasoning as why women cannot be space marines. It has something to do with the gene coding. I feel like I didn't give you a good enough answer before. Space Marines, there is genetics involved, but it is most of the genetic, uh, most of the gene therapy that's done is so that they can survive from all of the changes being made. Gotcha. The so I can't remember what the name of the faction is from Tacticus. Uh, it's just the 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 women. Uh, Those are the shit. The, the, the sisters of battle. They're yeah, they're story artists. Yeah, that's what it is. So they, of course, are a human faction, and they, of yes. course, are soldiers, but they are not space marines, correct? They're not, they have the exact same weapons and armor, but they do not receive the gene therapy or the surgical. So then they are weaker in every aspect as far as physical capacity goes, but they are still just soldiers, essentially. It depends on which one, and I say that because... Sisters of Battle are hyper-religious. We're talking, they have things called fortress monasteries where they, it's like a pop-up castle that they build as a, as a forward operating base. And they have loudspeakers on like every corner that 24-7 just play on repeat prayers to the Emperor. And because of that, he does seemingly fairly frequently grant them favor. So, while yes, if you were to just put a regular Sister of Battle against a regular Space Marine, no weapons, no armor, the Space Marine would arguably destroy her. But toe-to-toe in battle, they are, especially the higher, I forget what they're called, but they're the cannonists. Those are kind of like the captains. They're They're very often leaders. They have ridiculous weapons and armor. Do you remember... In Tacticus, there's one where she has, like, she carries a big fucking lightning spear, and she's got, like, shoulder-mounted rockets and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually looking at her right now. Yes, she is deadly. She has, like, 47 weapons. The average Space Marine probably, this is probably controversial, and you can fuck you, listeners, specifically you. I do think that the average Space Marine could not take her. She just has too good of gear. Yeah. Well, it also looks like she's like half mech, almost. She's been in a lot of fights. <laughs> yeah, well, because like the legs are definitely not hers, and the what holds most of her weapons is definitely not hers. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Her name is Morvin Vol, by the way. Mm. Um, so then I'm gonna kind of go off on another tangent since I'm looking at a bunch of different factions and tactics. <laughs> yeah, by all means. Um, so I know that course like you've got your 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 space wolves you've got all those random other human factions but i also know that there's other human factions that the humans of course don't like which i assume would be those enveloped by chaos um is the black i assume the black legion is part of that correct yes the black legion is so in 30k we're getting listeners we're getting a little bit out of a little bit ahead of 30k but it shouldn't be too much of a spoiler 
During 30K, before the heresy, Horus led the entire army. It matter the faction, he was over all of them. He also had his own faction, the Lunar Wolves, that turned into the Sons of Horus. But he was in charge of everybody. Uh, Warmaster, he was called the Warmaster. When he died and the traitor legions fled to the warp, his successor, Abaddon, there were, he took over what was left of the Sons of Horus. And he was like, we're getting, we're finishing what Horus wanted. It's gotten a lot deeper since then, but that's how it started. And then there were multiple of the other factions. So most factions went to serve a specific chaos god. Some didn't. He does not. He serves all of them. And also none of them. Because the... What is it? I can't remember the name, but they're basically... They actively serve all of them. They wanted to serve gods. And when they found the chaos guys, they were like, we worship all. Abaddon's more, I recognize you exist and I recognize you make me more powerful. I'm just going to do my own thing. And he get every time he wants to invade reality, pretty much anybody who wants to is welcome to join. Doesn't matter what faction, doesn't matter what demon, doesn't matter what god you serve. He doesn't care. Come join the Black Legion. Gotcha. So it's kind of basically just if you follow chaos gods essentially doesn't matter which one you don't technically have to follow a chaos god you're just in the warp and you want to go kill them so okay then this leads me to another question because we keep talking about it what the fuck is the warp uh, okay so the warp is the the easiest way to describe it so if we uh, let's pretend chaos doesn't exist the warp is the immaterium it is the afterlife there, if there were no gods, your soul would go there and just kind of float around forever. So it's basically purgatory. Yes. Okay. And then something happened. A bunch of somethings happened. Which, uh, listeners, if you want me to go into deeper, I can. But the chaos became much stronger, and they took over a much bigger portion of the warp than they used to have. You used to have to kind of not necessarily go out of your way, but it was much di- more difficult to find the chaos section of the world. chaos being just pure evil, essentially. Now, whenever a soul dies, there's a huge chance that it's going to get caught by one of the chaos gods. And like every other form of fantasy of any kind, the more souls they have, the more powerful they are. Gotcha. So then are people able to go in and out of the warp at will? Because I know that, I know that I know the emperor has been to the warp. Yes, and I the Horus Heresy I think has to do with the warp, correct? Uh, towards the end. Yeah, that's what I mean. Towards the end, yeah. Yeah. Because um, the the once the traitors lost, they fled to the warp. Yeah, yeah. So when you say they fled to the warp, are they just able to open a portal to the warp and just kind of walk in? No, the for the most part, their gods were like, "Come to me, my children," and they they brought them to. The Gotcha. Okay, so then the gods within the warp have the power to grant access to the warp without having to die. Very much depends on the situation. Because it's not like like stepping through a door. Right. The reason it worked in the heresies because there was so much going on that the gods were incredibly powerful. And they had a lot of influence over the regions their people were at because their people were falling to them. But average Joe Schmo can't just be like, I feel like going to the warp and just kind of like doing it. Yes, psychers can, 
because duh. But most of them, if they decide to travel to warp, will instantly go insane or die. There are, there is currently, to my knowledge, exactly one who can freely travel the warp, and it's still fucking dangerous. People yell at him all the time. Mephiston from the Blood Angels. Uh, he's incredibly famous for this, which is what led to uh, Mine and Blade's current favorite fan theory, which is. So Sanguinus was the arguably the most loyal to the Emperor, just as a person. Russ Russ was incredibly loyal, but he was like he would tell his dad no. Sanguinus was just his son through all he wanted to do was serve his father. He died in the Horus Heresy. But what causes what's known as the Black Rage, which is where Blood Angel it's a genetic defect from the gene seed, where they just go fucking crazy and kill anything around them, and then inevitably usually wind up dying. What causes that is they see, not what causes it, but what happens during that is they see what was happening in the heresy, and they believe they're back in the heresy times fighting either by Sanguinius or they think they are Sanguinius. There are two people who have so far fought it off. The chapter master Dante of the Blood Angels, has he constantly he hears footsteps and hears the other primarchs talking to him and he constantly thinks he's on the ship but he's managed to bring himself back mephiston has fallen to the black rage twice managed to bring himself back he is currently the only person who's ever fallen the fan theory that me and blades like so much is that dante knows how he's gonna die and he knows when he's going to die, and it's in service to the Emperor. So it's very commonly believed that if they're going to bring Sanguinius back, it's going to be through through Dante. Like, Dante's finally going to succumb to the Black Rage, and Sanguinius is going to be reborn. But I never thought that would be possible, because Dante's just not as, nearly as powerful. So what we kind of talked about was Mephiston was his mental body, if that makes sense. And Dante is his physical body. And once they both succumb at the right time, they will kind of melt together and Sanguinius will be reborn. Gotcha. Alrighty then. So then, trying to think, what other... Of course, I have a ton of questions on all of the different factions. It mm-hmm. matters which one I want to lean into first. Perfectly fair. Um, so I'm going to... So we, we covered the Black Legion, of course. Um, so we'll keep it with humans, I guess, for now. Or, I guess, kind of humans. The Death Guard. Um, is that pretty much just Nurgle fighters? Yes. Nurgle soldiers? Yep. Okay. And these, those are basically just people who who worship Nurgle, and he, of course, blesses them with Grosna. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's pretty clear. Yep. They're real straightforward. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, of course, Nurgle is like the Chaos God of Pestilence or some shit like that, right? It's just diseases. and well, So every Chaos God has multiple aspects. He is the god of, I believe, like death and life and rebirth and diseases and shit like that. But it's mostly the reason Nurgle's my favorite is because he's technically not evil. He genuinely just wants everybody in the universe to be happy. Just in the grossest way possible. It's just if everybody's the same, a big pile of goo and snot, everybody's happy. Right. <laughs> technically. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was pretty easy to cover. 
So then, so one that I guess isn't Space Marines, but is still a human faction, would be the Astra Militarum. Yes. That looks like it's just regular Joe Schmoes. Yep, that's just that's just the army. Interesting. Which I do see that because I'm not, I still have tactics, so that's kind of helping me with this list of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see that there is an Ogren that is part of the army. So, yeah. so then, of course, Ogrens and women can't be part of the Space Marines, but they can still be part of the regular army. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Actually, no. I like see you a female Psyker in here too. So that makes sense. Okay. That answers that then. So then I know you had also mentioned the Black Templars. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they vary from any other Ultramarine fa- or not Ultra? Yeah, Space Marine faction. No, they're just their own faction. They they differ the same way as any other faction differs from any other faction. It's just another one. I believe they're an offshoot. I don't remember which one. Same as Grey Templars. They're yeah, Grey Templars. Not Grey Templars. Whatever. They're they're not special or more powerful like that. They are just uh, another fact. They're just an offshoot. They got really powerful. Okay. Because uh, I guess I should break this down. After the events of 30k. Gulliman wrote what's known as the Codex Astartes, which is this is how the average space, in order to in order for space marines not to become too powerful these are the list of rules we need to follow to prevent another heresy and what that meant was originally whenever the the space marine legions were created they were that they were that they were legions it was there was only 20 of them and they were all arguably pretty massive except for mitigating circumstances once everything went down it went around being like, if you get so big, Chunk falls off and makes its own little faction. Most people follow the Codex Astartes, except for people, because it's not a law. You don't have to follow it. It's just frowned upon if you don't. So the people that don't are pretty much the people who are like, go fuck yourself. I follow the Cooper and I. For instance, I believe the Blood Angels don't. I know the Space Wolves don't, etc., etc. Gotcha. I guess that makes sense. The I will say, looking at the Thousand Suns, uh, they seem a little bit different, mainly because uh, literally in the roster and Tacticus, I can see that they have one is definitely not human in their roster. It's just a random demon. So the Thousand Suns are just chill with demons. Yeah, any any space marine faction that fell to chaos will regularly work with demons. So then, okay, so. The Thousand Suns then are a space marine faction that felt the chaos, so those are not in support of the Emperor? Yes. They worship Zinch, the god of change. Gotcha. Okay, that makes some more sense. Because I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I, I, I'm pretty sure I thought that pretty much most of humanity, and definitely all of the space marines, uh, and you know the military in general, are very uh, xenophobic. So. Oh, it's not just xenophobic. Like, uh, which xenophobia is, as of tenth edition, is slowly, incredibly slowly, falling off in favor of working together to fight off chaos because chaos has gotten ridiculously powerful right now. Xenophobia still exists, but it's coming less and less. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like, I don't like, I don't like you, weird blue man, but. The giant ball of tentacles has been eating my friends for 10,000 years. Go fuck them up. Um, so then that kind of leads me into a question, because I know that you said that they were trying to prevent any 
specific legion from becoming too powerful to prevent another horus heresy mm. um i know that the adeptus mechanicus those are technically humans right not technically they are fully human yeah well physically they're mostly human um <laughs> Physically, they're mostly machine. That's their whole thing. Yeah. But I know that the Adeptus Mechanicus is supposed to be the most technologically advanced human faction in existence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so would they technically be a threat to that with them being so technologically advanced? So that is that is an interesting question because they are technically not part of the Empire of Man. So whenever the second time... Whenever the Emperor first stepped out of the shadows and became the Emperor of Man, he took over Earth first because it was being, it, it had been, at the time it was being controlled by a bunch of what was known as Techno Barbarians, which is just a dope fucking name. And so he conquered all of Earth or whatever, and then he left and he went straight to Mars because Mars is the homeworld of the Deptus Mechanicus. And he was originally going to invade or whatever, but then he got there. And they had like spaceships and laser guns and shit. He was like, holy fuck. And then, so instead of conquering them, he signed a treaty with them saying they were allowed to do their thing as long as they were in full support of him. And that's never changed because literally no one can just invade. (laughs) So, so pretty much nobody can just walk in, steamroll them. Which, of course, they would be aware of that. Mm-hmm. It, to, to be fair, it, it can be done, but the losses would be significant. Right. Do the Adeptus Mechanicus have any beef with any other like human factions or anything like that? No, they mostly just kind of think they're all either peons, useless, or they're superior. Okay. They worship the machine god which, of course, is sacrilegious to the Emperor's state of mind, but he, there's nothing he can do about it, So, which is part of the treaty. You're, you can worship Machine God, but you have to be in full support of us. So... I forgot where I was going with that, but basically they they worship the Machine God, and anyone who doesn't, they're just, like, embedded in you. You really don't mean anything at all. There is a small interesting fact they do believe that the emperor with how powerful he was was jesus for the machine god <laughs> they call him the omnissiah nice <laughs> <laughs> um oh fuck i lost where i was again <laughs> good old machesus <laughs> um here. I had one in my brain. I lost it again. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. So the Adeptus Mechanicus, do they just pretty much isolate themselves, or do they actually have any issues with any other faction or any other species or race or whatever you want to say? They don't really have any beef with anybody, realistically. They just kind of do their own thing. They have what are known as Forge Worlds, which, like Mars, is it's kind of... It. Actually, do, do you did you ever watch me play Space Marine? No. Have you ever seen gameplay of Space Marine? Mm-hmm. But the new one. Nope. Okay. Because uh, that took place on a Forge world. Basically, just think of a hollow world that they scoop the guts out of, and it's just factories and shit everywhere. So it's like a boring death tour. 
boring if you don't care about like 80 foot titans and like big guns and stuff <laughs> boring I meant like it's not just gonna wander over and blow up the planet oh yeah no it, it's still a whole ass planet it's just they they killed it and turned it in metal <laughs> gotcha yeah so they, they have those are kind of their home bases but they do I don't want to say frequently but there are ones that like travel because Adeptus Mechanicus are the ones who take care of every machine. A lot of most Space Marine factions have their own faction of people that do that, but they still value the Adeptus Mechanicus. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So then the, I guess, so the, with the Eldari, what are the Eldari? Elves. That's what I thought. So. <laughs> And then the Drukari, I think it is. Those are just Dark Elves. Those are just Dark Elves. Okay. So, do the Eldari... I'm sure the Eldari and Drukari do not get along, right? No one gets along with the Drukari. Gotcha. So, Drukari just kill everybody. Well, it, so... You know, we'll dive, in, we'll dive deep into that after the mid-brief. Because that's uh, arguably kind of a long story. <laughs> Sounds good. Wiggity wiggity, welcome to the mid break. That's right, I just did that. Welcome to the 90s. We're gonna start as always because Crit fucking insists. He doesn't listen to this, so I can talk more shit, even even more than usual. First, we're gonna start with Levi Amara. That's my baby brother, everybody. Be nice to him. We've got Chris Slate. We've got Banana the Bard, a.k.a. Bananakin Barbar. I am Alfarius. Evie from HR. Remington Cloutier. And The Seven Sins. Thank you, guys. You're my favorites. I love you all. And just slightly less... It's more of like a platonic love is the rest of you listeners. Thank you for listening. Without you guys, I would still have a show, but I would not. You know, make any money. Anyway, our sponsors each. Hi, that's me. <laughs> you you play D and D, right? Uh, yeah, I like once a month. Definitely like once every three months. But yeah, <laughs> have you ever wanted ridiculously, necessarily crazy dice made out of like quartz for some reason? Uh, yes, but every single time I find them, it's like wish.com fucking quality. Oh, hey, well, if you actually bothered to listen to your best friend's podcast, you would know about fan roll dice. I have yet to hear those because I don't listen to my best friend's podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're getting real close to being on that platonic love with everybody else. <laughs> you go to fan roll dice, they have, they genuinely have all kinds of crazy shit they have. They come up with new dice all the time. I believe they have like, special dice for Christmas season. They also have like dice bags, dice rollers, dice, dice, dice inside of dice, whatever, you know. And if you use our promo code, Almighty C10, A-L-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y-C-1-0, you get 10% off. And a lot of times they do deals where it's already 10% off or whatever, and you can double down. 
get that nice yeah 20 percent off that uh that sounds pretty good for a uh, fellow dice goblin yeah it's crazy what happens when you live with someone who regularly finds deals <laughs> that's true on that note you own a switch also true you like legend of zelda is also true. Legend of Zelda part doesn't technically matter. This is just we have this one thanks to the Legend of Zelda podcast. Nixie Gaming has a ton of stuff for switches, for instance, like high quality gaming controllers and things like that. The one that Crit and them have that they really love is the, the LOZ switch controller, but they make all kinds of different kinds. And when I say high quality, these are like special. It's not just like a random ass controller. They are meant to be better, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So they won't suffer from the same like stick drift issues that the original ones that have. Yes, and I believe they're designed so, in theory, it they, they, they wouldn't affect you like whenever you try to play it just regular without the controller. Controller. It, it won't hurt your hands. Oh, nice. So it's got like the ergonomic grip. Yeah. And last but not least. <laughs> Are you tired? <laughs> of you? Always. <sighs> Sad. <laughs> well, W Energy won't help you with that one because I'll always be here. <laughs> <laughs> it might dull the pain. <laughs> Shit. Biscuits. Going back to Nixie Gaming. Uh, promo code LOZ Lore. <laughs> 10% off, whatever. Clearly, I don't care about that one. But W Energy, though, real nice energy drinks. There's no crash. You actually saw me drink the, the, all the ones I got from them. Mm-hmm. They were delicious. Their, their names are fun. And I, I recently was told that one of our fans thought that it was a W Energy. It's not. It's W-D-U-B-B-Y Energy. W. W. w energy. Promo code Fumbling4. That's the number four. Today I found a comprehensive guide to squigs. This is at warhammercommunity.com. And it's, it's basically just a, a nice little... It talks about a bunch of different kinds of squigs. There's like 40 different kinds of squigs. These are just, I believe, some of the more popular ones. It talks about the amp squigs, which is for music. That's hilarious. It talks about buzzer squigs. Eaten squigs, which they're there to eat. Targeting squigs, medical squigs, squigiths. Squigith is literally huge. They like put cannons and shit on top of it. It's hilarious. Hair squigs. Good. The funniest part is I have no idea what the fuck a squig is, so this just sounds hilarious to me. It, it is a race that has been so taken care of in such a way that they have evolved to be like, it's one race, but there's like 40 different of them, and they all have different purposes. Um, so I, I just Googled one. Uh, have you ever seen Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Yes. It's Meatwad if you had legs. That is... That's probably the more common. That's hilarious. Yeah, I found this article. Let's just... It goes into a little detail about a lot of these. And it's... Uh, if anybody knows anything about squigs, you know they're fucking hilarious. So it's, it's always fun to learn more about them. And the article will be in the show notes. And I do believe... That is all of 
our mid break. Welcome back from that mid break where Deej learned that he should pay attention to what I say because I'm good at this. Are you? Anyway, what are the questions you got for me? So now that we are back from this, I kind of want to swing back into the Eldari first because I know that you said that the Drukari are a bit of a mouthful. So the Eldari specifically, they're pretty much just elves. Do they have any beef with the human factions at all? No more or less than anybody says. They call them monkeys. M-O-N-K-E-I-G-H. Because legally, GW can't call us monkeys. So they basically think we're just a primitive race. Of, They just think we're a primitive race. Gotcha. And are they as primitive as they are assumed to be? Humans or Eldari? Oh, no, you're saying the Eldari think the humans are a primitive. Yeah, no, the human, the, the Eldari call us monkeys. That's hilarious. Because, like, these are what the apes have become. They haven't gotten much better. They can just shoot now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then, that being the case, uh, so didn't do the Drukari themselves actually span off from the Eldari or their own? Yes, they all, so there are multiple factions of, the Eldari was kind of the base race, and there are multiple factions. There's the Eldari, there's the Drukari, there are the Exodites, and the... God, it's my favorite. It's my favorite elder. They're literally jesters. Uh, Harlequins? Harlequins, thank you. I don't know why I knew that. Because me and Sean talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the Harlequins, and then there are just they're just pirates. I don't I don't remember if they have a name or not, but they're just kind of an amalgamation of all four of the other ones, except they don't stay anywhere. They're just in pirate ships, killing people. Okay. But the they all started as just a base Eldari, and they sucked they sucked and fucked their way into a new god, killed most of them. And then after what that's true, it's that's literally what happened. And then after that happened, they split off into different factions based off of how they wanted to fight off being eaten by Slanesh. The regular Aldari put their took their souls and put them into what's called soul crystals. And as long as, like, they can die, but their soul will just go into that crystal, basically. So Slanesh can't have it. The Exodites just live in the middle of fucking nowhere. I actually don't know what happened. They might use soul crystals as well. I don't remember. They just didn't like that the the Aldari were just like, we just have to be careful. We can still have sex. The Aldari are literally the Amish. They went back to, like, farming with, like, sticks. Except they have laser dinosaurs. (laughs) It's a real-world concept. I love the Exodites. They're hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> and then the Drukari were just like you know what'll keep Slanesh off of us we sucked and fucked but we didn't suck and fuck hard enough <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so the Eldari uh, are just like a super just horny race and now they're in danger of Slanesh no basically what happened the Eldari for a really long like millennia were the dominant they, they owned the galaxy they were the dominant race and they got they perfected everything, including immortality. And they just got bored. So they were like, it's kind of like, hmm, I don't really like missionary. Then, you know, a couple hundred years would go by and be like, hmm. 
I cut a finger off. I really need to feel something. I'm like, mm, what if we ate baby guts while in the middle of an orgy and we lit ourselves on fire? Yeah, that's a little extreme. And they were just bored. And Selenesh was born, the god of excess. And they were like, oh god! <laughs> so when you say that Selenesh, of course, is the god of excess, and, you know, they're scared of him. Selenesh himself, I thought, was just like the god of, like, desire, pretty much. So... It's, it's, it's excess in general. Right. And it's, it's very commonly depicted as a sexual entity, but technically it's... Eh. Right. That's just because so, most people want to get laid. Um, so how is he a threat to them? I figured somebody like the Eldari then would worship a god like that, but how is he a threat to them? Does he feed off of that? Yes. Gotcha. Because what had happened, whenever he was born, he immediately, like, let, let's say if there were a hundred Eldari total, the moment he was born, 80 of them died. Oh. Yeah. So, so even for him to be born, it costs souls. Of- to my knowledge, they are the only race that are targeted by a specific god. If there's, if nothing is done, the moment they die, he immediately snatches them up. Oh, nice. Because not, even- yeah. As it stands, if you die, you don't necessarily go to a chaos god. You can make it to the warp and just be peaceful. Right. Except for the Aldari. Well, okay. Um, so then that so when you die do you go to the warp and then they can interfere or do they or do they catch those souls before they can even reach the warp he basically has like a net over the Eldari or a funnel nice. like there is no if ands or buts if they die and nothing is done like the soul crystals etc they go straight to Slanesh the only people who have found a way around it is Harlequins and that's because they worship God dang it! He's he's Sheagorath, Algarak, or some shit like that. Kukukachu. I I, I, <laughs> I gotta look up his name because it's, it's spelled really okay. weird. He's literally called the Laughing God. Oh, Hence the the jesters. But basically, he literally like whenever whenever everything happened with Flanesh, he stole a shitload of souls and then just fucked off. And none of the chaos gods can do anything about him because he is he is fucking hidden in the warp. Nobody knows where the fuck he is. When you say that he's like hidden, when you say he's hidden in the warp, so the so I know that the warp. Supposed... Alrighty. When you say that the warp, uh, he can like hide in there. I know that the warp is like purgatory essentially, but is it like its own like dimension or its own world or? So it is very difficult to truly describe the warp because it is, in essence, nothing. It's picture it like this. You ever seen the movies where they like somebody accidentally takes acid and they laugh like the world laughably changes around them and everything gets all swirly and people turn it into like cats and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the warp as close as can be described because nothing is real, nothing exists. It's it it just is. It, you cannot. The laws of physics don't apply, so it's hard to describe it. Gotcha. So the warp is basically just bad trip. Yep. Real oh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, it, it is endless, sort of, because it is the, the afterlife. It, it is, in essence, a, t- a different dimension. So he hides in it because he 
it's massive. They just, they just don't know what the fuck it is. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so then, kind of want to go a little bit into the Drukari, because I know literally fuck all about them, other than Sean likes them, and it's cringy. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, what, what makes the Drukari the Drukari? Because I know you said that they basically sucked and fucked and then Slanesh was born and then they were just like you know what we should do that but harder uh, but why though because they have reached a point where they everything they do is so terribly awfully bad that for some reason Sean would know more than I Slanesh can't touch them oh so because they fu- sucked and fucked so hard Slanesh can't even touch them yeah and when I say when I say suck and fuck they they have something called Screaming Gallery. They t- they they regularly they just kind of roam around kidnapping people for different reasons. One of those reasons is they make furniture out of living material, i.e., a towel, hum- humanity, whoever they get their hands on, and except they don't kill them. Oh, so the Drakari just have beef with everybody then? Yes. It's, it's less beef and more they're just like they don't care well I mean yeah. how much other races have beef with them though. yes every race fucking hates the Drukari <laughs> <laughs> there was literally one of one of Sean's favorite stories is there was a human planet that was being invaded by I believe the Drukari or by, by I believe the Tyranids and they were fighting and they were losing and a leader of the Drukari shut up and goes we can help you but you have to pay us and the dude was like, what do you want? And they were like, mm, a thousand people. And he was like, I can't give you a thousand, I'll give you 20. And they were like, okay. And they fought off the first invasion. And they took the 20 people and left. And then it kept happening. They're like, I'm going to need a thousand people. And they're like, I can't, I can't do that, I'll give you another 50. Okay. And they fought off and then they left. Kept happening, kept happening, kept happening. And finally, it was a massive invasion by the Tyranids. And they were like, we're going to need 20,000 people. And the dude was like, we literally can't survive. Fine. So they took the 20,000 people and disappeared for like a day. And they came back and they dropped off 20,000 of what are known as... God dang it. The fucking... What the... Pe- homunculi. Interesting. So basically just... Bodies without a soul? Kind of? Uh, more... I think more flesh act. Astronaut. Yeah, same thing, pretty much. Kind of like a zombie. And then when all that was done, I, if I remember correctly, they kidnapped everybody anyway. That sounds more up the bar. <laughs> so, so is it assumed then that the that the twenty thousand people they took, they turned into homunculi and then dropped them back off? Yep. That's hilarious. We want your people, not for any specific reason. We just want to fuck them up and return them, and then kidnap the rest of you anyways. And they they kidnap all kinds of people. For they, they they regularly kidnap Tyranids because they have an arena where they just pit whoever against whoever. So they regularly kidnap Tyranids just to put them in the arena against, like, Goonies. <laughs> Isn't that a little dangerous considering the fact Tyranny or uh, the Tyranny, Jesus, the Tyranids are a hive mind? Yeah, they just don't care. Also, I should I should mention, they live in what's known as the Webway, which is technically a section of the warp, technically not. Think of like a servant, like the best way I can describe it is like ser- servant corridors in a mansion. Alrighty. Um, so, so does that does that make them any more invisible or more hidden from anybody else? Literally, 
literally nobody has access to the webway except for Eldari. Oh, okay. So they're pretty much invincible. Yes. The only person who has ever come close is the Emperor. And he, the the heresy, everything that happened to him happened right before he finished that project. Interesting. Um, So speaking of the Tyranids, um, I know that you said that they're pretty much just the Flood, uh, but for 40k, is there any like sentience at all to the Tyranids, or are they just this driving force that just follows the instinct to consume? Hmm. Loaded question. Because there is, of course, it can be assumed there's at least some form of sentience, because again, of how they learn of the day. But we don't know that much, because every Tyranid that has come into the galaxy is part of what's called a tendril. We have no idea what that tendril attaches to because it's still outside of the galaxy. So is it theorized that that connects back to a greater force or like like a, like a mother of some kind or something like that? Yes, because it has been in multiple books and things like that. Okay, Star Wars. You remember how in the Clone Wars, or like when they're fighting droids, you could blow up a ship and all the droids would just kind of like hit the ground because they no longer got received commands? Yeah. That has been done multiple times with Tyranids. Well, all right then. So basically, if you destroy like the hive itself, they just drop dead. It's more of a relay. That's the that's the only way it's ever been described. They find something like an asteroid or something like that, or there's like a big, almost like a matriarch or something like that. You kill that, and there's no longer a relay coming from the hive mind, and all the Tyranids lose all. They don't drop to the ground or anything like that. They just kind of like scatter. They don't really know what to do anymore. Gotcha. So they basically lose intelligence. Yes. It's kind of terrifying to just have a bunch of like fucking uh, unintelligent Tyranids just running around. Yes. But they're also easy to hunt down. So. Because well, they're unorganized. But can they're- you imagine just like going out to get groceries and get eaten by Tyranids? <laughs> uh I don't know. I don't think they're. Mal- they lose all host. I believe they lose all hostility once the hive mind is dead. Because again, remember that the Tyranids that we see don't have brains or anything. They're basically they are essentially flesh robots being controlled by a higher mind. Do they still have the need to consume, like to survive, or do they? They can just survive out of sheer will. I don't think they need anything to survive because they're just they're, they're essentially Plato. All, everything they can because they don't consume they kill people and then they drag it back to the biomass gotcha just to make more Tyranids hmm. so then has, has there ever been any Tyranids other than I assume the gene stealer cult that can like speak do not believe so no now there is like for instance there is a book called All which is about Blood Angels homeworld it's a relative. It's one of the more recent ones, and you got to see part of the book was from the perspective of certain Tyranids, and they were thinking. It wasn't talked. It was written in such a way that they weren't having thoughts necessarily. It was just describing why they were doing what they were doing. For instance, one of the one of them was it, it had been born specifically to dig and get behind enemy lines. 
and it was written in such a way that it wasn't like, okay, I need to dig to get behind the enemy lines. It was like it saw people running, and it was and then it was written in a way that was like, okay, now I need to move here. It was just it was the writer's way of showing from the perspective of a Tyrannin. Right. That is the closest thing. But again, I don't like outward speech. No, they all communicate like ants. Yeah. But they've had absolutely zero desire to communicate with anything outside of other Tyranids, essentially. They really don't even communicate with Tyranids because everything is just... Just like a single hive mind. It's just a single hive mind. They just know. Right. But uh, no no inkling or intention whatsoever to communicate with any species. Not that I personally have seen. Viewers, you're more than welcome to correct me. I, I Like I said, I have not seen Gotcha. So then they are just kind of just this race that popped up out of nowhere uh, with a very mysterious origin uh, to just be an enemy of everything. Not necessarily out of nowhere. They were seen. The only thing we know is they came from outside of our galaxy. And they just immediately, no way fans are but just the moment they saw anything that was organic, they started attacking. So you say that they come from outside our galaxy, and, and the 40k universe has no other faction gone outside the galaxy? They've gone outside. They didn't come back. Oh, okay. <laughs> or, or, if, or if they did, they were like, hey, we traveled for like 20,000 years, didn't see a fucking thing, so... <laughs> Fair enough. So that means the Tyranids had to have come from very, very far. Well, the, uh, another interesting fact about the Tyranids, they, they can't warp travel. <laughs> what the fuck? So they just kind of like... <laughs> and how are they such a fucking problem? Because they are there are so many of them. <laughs> can they can they like so I know that they can destroy entire planets. Can they basically destroy a planet and then just set up shop there and start spawning or whatever they do? They spawn from uh they have spawn pits on their quote unquote ships. Right. So they just destroy the planet and keep going. Oh, so they don't even have a need to set up shop elsewhere. They literally suck the planet dry of all organic matter down to like an amoeba. Everything gets brought back up to their ship. You get in the goo pits. Keep going. Alrighty. Let's see if I can't find there's there's really decent maps of Tyranid invasion of the galaxy. I can't pull one up so you can see kind of what I'm talking about. Tyranid map. 40k. Yeah, here's one of my favorites. It's not. Te- I don't think it's technically 100% accurate anymore. It's kind of old, and the tier, of course, 40k is there's always something happening. So I'll send you two just to give you an idea. And the tendrils that you see that kind of look like squid tentacles, those are the tendrils of the different tiered at high fleets coming in. Where'd you put it? In the chat we're talking in. Oh my god, I didn't! Ah. Yeah, I figured as much because it's definitely <laughs> not in there. Hey, listeners, this is going to come out two weeks from now, but you guys are going to wonder why I put uh, the maps in chat and robots radio. Don't fucking worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Will forever be a mystery. At least for two weeks. (laughs) To be fair, you're in robots radio. You could check it. I could check it, but I won't because you already sent it to me. Okay, so interesting. So a lot of these tendrils that I see, they don't necessarily all come from outside of the galaxy. It looks like some of these span from within the galaxy. Yeah, basically what'll happen is either they get separated due to combat or it just becomes so massive that the hive mind sends it off to attack a different region. 
and then they keep growing because of course all they need is biomass and they form their own high fleet gotcha so so then it's under the assumption that there's one at least one absolutely massive high fleet that would that, that originally spanned into this galaxy that's the assumption um, it, I can't really tell by looking at it but is there like any form of like rhyme or reason or pattern in the way that they attack nope kind of just like a straight path almost or like I don't remember if they necessarily know I think I think that if I remember correctly they pretty much just they see a planet they destroy it and they just kind of keep going no if it's just like a straight line or whatever so literally just to just fucking consume yep alrighty then so I will say this the second map is the older one but it's easier to see them the first map the reason it looks so crazy is because a bunch of shit happened and that big ass purple line is a rift into the warp gotcha and that rift into the warp uh that that happened because of the Horus heresy or is that um, something that, else? it's a relatively recent thing oh okay because I, I, I like I said I'm coming into this knowing dig all oh yeah all good okay. Uh, so this rift into the warp then since you know we, we talked about it and I'm looking at it right now um, is that something that you could just fall into and you would then be in the warp or is that like instant death depends on who you are <laughs> I mean I'm just going to be honest because instant death it, it, like the warp itself won't kill you everything in it probably will gotcha. the warp the, even the chaos portion of the warp is just immaterium but mm -hmm. going into it, if like a demon sees you, you're done. Mm -hmm. You're done, dude. Mm -hmm. If if you don't, the, the average person has can't handle it, so they'll die just from like an aneurysm. Right. So the, the answer to your question is depends on who you are. Fair enough. So since there is a a, a giant fucking tear there, is, does that work as a two way door? Can things yeah. come out just as easily as things can go in? Yes. Ever since this has happened, the the entire th that that rift is why xenophobia has becoming has been becoming less and less because everybody's like fuck 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 it's like an endless stream of demon demons coming out of it. So then the whole galaxy is uh, essentially being fucked by a combination of whatever's on the warp and the Tyranids combined. Yep. Because looking at this map now that I know the giant blotch of purple uh, is a big no no. Um, <laughs> It almost looks like this entire galaxy is going to end up getting white. Yep, there's been there's been a couple more things to come out in books talking about what may or may not happen. Uh, for instance, I, I learned this recently in one of the more recent books. We learned that there's alternate universes, and that the chaos gods, because the immaterium is immaterium, the warp deals. There is only one warp, but there are multiple universes. And the the it, it talks about how like one percent of chaos is paying attention to this galaxy. This galaxy basically means nothing. <laughs> so uh, a, a kind of a fan theory going on right now is that when and if the emperor comes back, he's going to find a way to. I don't know. This seems a bit uh, even out of his capacity. Uh, it could just be because I'm not horribly knowledgeable on the history of the emperor. Um, and I know that, you know, he conquered a lot of the, the galaxy for the human race, but to completely eradicate 
both the tear to the warp and the tyranids seems kind of like a tall order. Well, the tear to the warp only happened in this galaxy that we know of. So if he can take everybody and go to a different galaxy or universe. Is that like an option though? I don't fucking know. We know this is, this is, when I say this is very recent, I mean like this year. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course now we know the existence of other universes. In theory. In theory, yeah. But that also leads into existence with like, or that leads into theories of the existence of identical beings in alternate universes. Mm-hmm. So that would be... There's a, there's a very popular TikTok account that's been going around that uses AI to formulate a story. Or he, he writes the story, but he uses like AI generator to bring images for the story. And the reason it's so popular is because in a different universe, the Emperor does die, but Horus was a hero and he takes over and he basically becomes... He, he successfully conquers the galaxy, completely wipes out the Xeno races. He discovers a way to travel through the universes and is, and is basically like, I'm going to free humanity in every universe. But the longer he does it, the more cynical he, he essentially turns to Thanos. The longer he does it, the more cynical he becomes until he reaches our universe. And the Emperor's like, you're kind of crazy. We kind of want to do our own thing. It's fine. We're good. And he's like, no, fuck you. I'll kill you. <laughs> well, all right. And I'm still just staring at this map because, like, eighty percent <laughs> like of the map, no joke, maybe even more, is completely enveloped. Now, I will say uh, one good thing that came from the, the warp, as far as the Tyranids go, is although chaos in the warp is immaterial, once they turn into reality, they have to have a physical form. Which means, with the exception of a few very special types of things, they are meat. So the Tyranids will attack Chaos. So, can the, so the, the Tyranids, of course, don't have their own specific shape. They're just fucking meat that is then born to be designed a very specific way to go out, serve their purpose, and then turn back into fucking goo. Mm-hmm. Can they cross into the warp? I don't know. The Tyranids... So it, it, it's a really interesting relationship because the Tyranids will attack the chaos when they see them because meat but the, i don't think they give a shit about the warp because everything nothing in it is bioorganic whereas chaos doesn't go after the tyranids because they only care about souls and the tyranids don't have a soul so it's a real i think chaos mostly just runs away from the tyranids if they can and the tyranids attack sporadically they don't cause like i said they don't necessarily go after anybody so it's it's mostly just especially like down in that right corner it's mostly just like convenient <laughs> right oh yeah that's another faction that I didn't really cover at all um the Necrons mm-hmm. so they were just a a race of people mm-hmm. I don't even know if they were necessarily humans originally or not not humans Necron tier they were uh, they were called the Necron tier Oh, okay. So then they basically all just kind of hibernated for forever and then woke up and essentially wanted to claim all their planets back or something like that? <laughs> I know that's very broad and probably wrong. Well, but. There is a, there's a lot behind that. So what I'll do, we'll, we'll end on this one. 20 years ago, the Tyranids were Terminators. That's it. They woke up, 
they even had an ability called I'll be back in the board game. <laughs> in more recent... Wait, you, you said the tier, Tyranid? Sorry, uh, Necrons. I'm so sorry. Okay, I was going to say, wait, hold on. I'm still, uh, I'm still looking at this map. <laughs> yeah. Um, Necrons. Okay. And then they were retconned to have a more interesting backstory. So before the Eldari, before everything as we know it, trillions of millennia ago, there was a race, a hyper-intelligent race called the Necron Tier. They were subservient to a race only known as the Old Ones. The Old Ones have always been in, not always, yes, always. It's really complicated because we're in going against the Chaos Gods. The Necron Tier no longer wanted to be subservient, so they went to war. They were getting fucked up. A different race, if I remember correctly, called the Catan, showed up. And one specifically, I forget his name, but he literally is called something to the, the Deceiver, showed up and was like, hey, I can give you the ultimate power and you'll be able to fight the old ones. And dude was like, yeah! So they built these Stargate-looking things. And he was like, once your people walk through that, everybody will be a-okay. And they did, and they turned into these living metal robots. And it was is based off of kind of nobility. If you were just a peasant, you turned into like this mindless drone. If you were like the, like the king, the silent king, he was the ruler of the Necrons. And he still has his mind. He still remembers when he was Necron tier. He's a bit crazy now. Because it's been a very long time. But yeah. And then they went to war with the old ones. Made them leave. The, the Eventually, they forced the old ones out of the galaxy. And then more stuff happened, and they went to the war with the Catan. And more stuff happened. Catan turned into Pokemon. But the Necrons used for power sources. <laughs> I, of course, I, I don't want to go in too deep because I will, of course, be talking more about this in its own episode. But uh, that covers the majority of it. Then some more stuff happened, and they, yeah, they had to hibernate. And then trillions of years go by, all their stuff went up underground. Everybody except for the Silent King went into hibernation. The Silent King just kind of went to the edge of the galaxy in case the old ones came back. And he's a robot, so he can't sleep, so he just stared out of the void for trillions of years, and he actually watched the Tyranids show up. And that's when he turned around and was like, fuck, 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 and went to start waking up his people. <laughs> <laughs> well, do the, do the Necrons have to fear the Tyranids if they're robots? They're not made of flesh? I think it's more of a dominant thing. Who wants to roll over a dead galaxy? Oh, I mean, I assume the Necrons don't like the existence of others. Or do they not really give a shit so long as they have their own territory? I don't know too much about, like, I don't, I don't know really know what their goals are right now. I know there's been plenty of battles where they go to war with humans and everybody else. I just don't know what their goals are. I, you know me, I don't really care about robots, so I haven't dug too deep into the Necrons. I only, I, the only reason I know about their, so much about their backstory is a combination of, I read about it, thought it was hilarious, and I listened to a separate podcast, which fucking dare betray me, listeners, called Adeptus <laughs> Ridiculous, and they talked about it. Yeah. I will, of course, do significantly more deeping, uh, deeping, Jesus, digging. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go deep in their fucking necrosy whenever I do an episode about them. That makes sense. That makes sense. Any other like last minute questions or anything like that? Uh, none that aren't loaded. 
Recording. <laughs> now that I won't take 25 more minutes, but that's perfect. Because <laughs> eventually I will need another random ass episode and you'll be right back here in this seat. That's fair enough. Now that I have a little bit of uh, information on it, <laughs> I can probably get deeper, more ridiculous questions. So. Yeah, maybe someday you'll find a faction you actually give a shit about. We'll see. Is, uh, any of them strike your interest so far with what little well, we so talked about? So far, for the most part, I hate the humans. Yeah, that makes sense. I know you. <laughs> um, the the town and the Tyranids do interest me. That's um, fair. The, the Necrons would would interest me if they didn't just feel like grumpy old men telling you to get off their lawn. Definitely. It could be because I don't know a lot about them. Yeah. That's what it feels like. I definitely don't think that's quite where they're at. I do know that they're even worse than the Aldari about thinking everybody's beneath them. The ones with brains. They just think every they think everyone's primitive because they've been alive. Fucking ever. Fair enough. Yeah. And I do I do genuinely think that you'd like the chaos. Because I know you like demons and shit like that. It just comes to a matter of finding a faction that doesn't seem cringy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I've looked into the uh, some of the chaos factions before the chaos gods, I should say. Because I've I've looked into Slanesh, Nurgle, and Nurgle Gante. The third one was Nur- Nurgle Gante. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's the fucking third one? Because there's there's Nurgle, Slanesh, and then Zinch. Zinch, yeah. I don't remember fuck all about Zinch, but I know looking into Nargle and Slanesh, they were both kind of interesting, um, but also very like basic, almost as kind of like one of the four horsemen kind of thing, pestilence and or, or maybe I don't really know. <laughs> just, just very, very, very basic topics. Fair. And uh, it just kind of follows very niche pattern. Fair enough. Because I assume there's more chaos gods than that. Technically five. Alrighty then. I knew the existence of three. Um, <laughs> so there's two others that I don't even know about yet. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do some more research and I'm sure I'll have more questions for you next time. Fair enough. Listeners, if there's any topics that you want me to cover in another kind of thing like this, let me know. If you want Deej to come back because you just like the sound of a sweet, silky voice, let me know. Deej has been a blast talking to you. I do this every day and I don't regret it. I'll be glad that uh, every time you get to record this, I get to hear it twice. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks again, the listeners. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Warhammer Lorecast. If you like the show, please leave a five star review. Tell a friend. That's how we grow. And stay tuned on that Patreon coming soon. And finally, shortly within the next week, we'll have our Twitter up and running. Make sure you reach out to us. Tell us what you think. And of course, show us those armies. Until next time, dear listener. Remember, in the 41st millennia, there is only war.